Hello, and welcome back to another episode of International Immersion, a podcast where we bring together people, ideas, cultures, experiences, and create a platform where we can learn about and explore this amazing world of ours. So for today's episode, I'll be doing a solo podcast about a topic that I have found is very useful, fulfilling, and important when you travel and deal with people from different countries, cultures, etc. And that concept is understanding a little bit about the history of the places you visit and the people that reside in those places. So that's a good question. Why should we learn history and why is history important? Having been a history major in my undergrad, I have come to appreciate that history is a great way to understand where we come from, why things have happened, why they have happened in, the, in a certain way, how that's, how that's happened, what could be other potential scenarios that could have happened but did not, and also how different places it developed, evolved, and you know have come to the point where they are today. I find it's extremely useful in that. And while history is not a solution for everything by any means, it is a very good way to understand why things are the way they are based on historical and previous events. So, you know, the importance of that. So as someone who works in a profession where I work with people and I also travel internationally from time to time, I have found that understanding the history of different places that I visit has opened so many doors and brought about some very useful uh, friendships, acquaintances, and business relationships, along with academic relationships, that if I hadn't used that or some other aspects that I had learned, maybe would not have developed the way they did, if not at all. So why, why do you think this is the case? And let's go further into this topic and explain why I think this happened in my case. So, the biggest thing I find is that it's, an, it's a door opener. It's a door opener because I find that when you talk to someone and you demonstrate that you know something about where they're from, what's happened in their country or region, it's almost like it gives them a sense of relief and excitement because they're like, wow, this person actually knows a bit about where I'm from and you know what's happened there and they're from somewhere else. And I think it's a great icebreaker. It breaks the ice because, let's face it, when people from different cultures or countries meet, you're thinking, okay, what do we have in common? Is there anything we can discuss? How, you know, am I going to offend them? Are they going to offend me? Unintentionally, of course. But starting with something that you can elaborate upon that you know about that place, that definitely makes the mood more relaxed and opens the door for more casual conversation and more developed and you know, in-depth conversation. So let's get let's let's give a couple good examples of this. So in the, my adult in my adult life and both academic both my academic and now professional career, I've encountered many situations like this where it's actually been very useful and I have come away with some very positive results. So let's go through a few examples as I mentioned. So one example was when I was a, um, grad, a graduate student studying in China. I met some gentlemen from the Middle East primarily from Saudi Arabia and I think and a few other countries around Saudi Arabia. 
and uh, they were all grad they were either graduate or doctoral students uh, pursuing a number of programs and at first you know we were we we encountered each other we started talking and one thing i learned from history taking a uh, history of the middle east course in college was i learned a lot about the region and also i learned a little bit of arabic so we were talking i uh, actually entered after we talked, I actually told them we uh, the a typical Arab greeting is "Assalamu alaikum," which is "Peace be with you," and they were like startled that I knew that, and they responded "Waalaikum assalam," and they're like, "How do you know that?" And they were like, it made them very inquisitive very quickly. Then I explained I had taken a course. I one of my professors he spoke Arabic and he taught taught our class some Arabic, and uh, also about the region, and they and then that just fueled more conversations. So we spent a good evening together just around campus, hanging out, talking, talking about the history of the Middle East, where they're from. Then that that was followed by questions about the U.S., our culture, traditions, etc. So it was a great way to to kind of formulate potential, you know, in, you know interactions with them. And I stayed friends with them for quite a while. And and a few of them I still you know I have I have their contact information and keep in touch with to this day. So that was a very useful situation and. A great icebreaker because sometimes people from different places there's a lot of like hmm can we talk is there is there a possibility here but in that case that was a great example of how you know you can overcome differences and distance with a little knowledge of history moving on a second example was i actually met a um uh, one of my ex one of my exes actually is from persia and talking to her and some of her friends uh, they asked, of course, they asked me after I got to know them a little bit. They said, "Oh, what do you know about Persia, or Iran, etc.?" And I'm having studying uh, some ancient uh, and classical and classical history, also about the Middle East, you know, ancient Rome, and other places. I explained to them I had studied some of the Persian dynasties, like the you know Achaemenid period, the then later the Parthians and the Sasanian periods, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, you know that stuff!" And I proceeded and they asked, oh, what do you know? And so I'm like, okay, so I told them more about what I had learned and specifically about the differences between like, the, you know, Persian culture, Arab culture, and that they were like, oh my gosh, you know the difference. Thank you so much for knowing that, which took me, it took me aback because I found that they, Persians really do not like to be uh, misconceived as being Arab and vice versa, not to offend anyone or say anything, but that is something that I think everyone will agree with me from talking to them and also <laughs> learning about it. So that was a great thing. And that's one thing that uh, worked with my relationship was that I knew a lot about her culture and we were able to feed off of that. And that allowed me to have a, you know, a decent time, you know, in a relationship with her and also some of her friends from Persia. And I'll give you a third example. You know, having been in China, I met a lot of Chinese friends and, uh, and acquaintances that I'm still in some of which I'm still, still in contact with today. And some of them, um, I was able to develop a relationship because I had studied Chinese history, culture, and a little bit of language at that point in my life, and that opened a lot of doors with them. And the fact that I talked about the different dynasties, uh, the different you know customs, traditions, and beliefs that are important in Chinese culture, and uh, they were very like you know I would say very enamored or very you know like uh, pleased by that. And in turn, they wanted to know more about the U.S., my life things we think are important, etc. So I had a lot of very deep and meaningful conversations with some of them, and we discussed, you know, all manner of things. You know, very in-depth, very, you know, intellectual conversations, you know, 
even though at the time my Chinese was terrible and it still is not the best. <laughs> Regardless, it was a very uh, great icebreaker in, in this sense as well. So it does not matter what culture, what place, what language it is, it can work all the same. It just you have to be willing to work at it, to be patient, and be willing to learn about them, and therefore just the sense or the feeling that you're willing to learn about this person or where they're from and a yearning or an interest will spark an interest in them at least if someone is of the same you know open mind or open-minded or same mental state as you in that sense there will be a, a reciprocal or you know some reciprocity of wanting to know more about each other and you can develop relate you know relationships friendships acquaintanceships or even more things and i find this is very important especially when you're still a student, because that's your time to learn learn more and put the lessons of whatever you're studying into practice. And having been someone who studies social science, history, uh, geography, Asian studies, and then from a master's in international relations, this is a fundamental part of how I get to know people and how I try to build relationships using what I've learned and what I know about different places. So I cannot under, underestimate how important it can be when you do this and then in the and then moving on into your professional career it can be a great way to impress or demonstrate your familiarity with a country's people you know when you're trying to build do deals or create relationships or you know recruit recruit whatever basically any type of profession you can you can leverage those abilities or tools to better your productivity and the outcomes you may face when doing business or work internationally Having done that myself, having traveling or travel when I travel several times a year for my current position, I find this is always a very useful tool. And also, not just history, if you actually can learn some of the language, that is a huge boost. You may only know a few words or a few sentences or phrases, but it really means a lot to people that you've taken the time and effort to learn either about their, their history, culture, society, or try to speak in their language. That, that will really open a lot of doors for you and they'll in many cases they'll be willing to help you and want to help you improve because they know that you are interested and in, are making an attempt to learn about them or to you know do what they do there's a very useful adage and I think very <laughs> important adage when in Rome do as the Romans do so my philosophy is when you travel is when you're in a country do what they do now of course this cannot always be taken literally but I try to do that as much as I can so if I'm in let's say I go to China I go to India or wherever I I'll eat what they eat I'll try to do what they do I'll try to talk in the local language whatever I know I'll try to talk with people about more learn more about the country the more about its people more about its history whatever just to enrich myself and also build relationships and I have you know made many friends and acquaintances by doing this or something related to it. And I just, it's a really, it's a really neat thing because it breeds mutual curiosity and it breaks down barriers and, you know, different stereotypes people may, or pre-existing stereotypes people may have of people from other countries or from outside their country. Now, of course, you're always going to meet people that will not abide by this or, you know, you, you'll, you'll make an effort, but you don't receive it. Don't let that discourage you. It's still important to do that. And my best advice for people who travel for whatever reason is have an open mind, learn as much as you can, and talk to as many of the locals as you can and use whatever knowledge, skills, or abilities you have to do that. In my case, that would be more of a 
his, you know, a knowledge of history, culture, some language skills, and just having a big sense of curiosity or, and, and I, or more so an open mind. What really saddens me is that when a lot of people travel, all they do is just, they go from place to place, they eat, they go visit things, but they don't get any, a, a richer sense of the culture, the people, and the society. They just, they go in and they go out. And that's sad because, honestly, if you're not willing to, you know, immerse yourself, hence the name of this podcast, International Immersion, if you're not willing to immerse yourself or learn about the places that you're going, you shouldn't really even travel because you're not going to change. The point of travel is to, of course, it's to enjoy yourself, you know, take a vacation, downtime, etc. But at the same time, you have a wonderful opportunity that a lot of people simply don't have to learn. And what to learn? Literally anything. How people do things. How people communicate. How things are done. How business is done. How, how what are cultural practices, beliefs, and customs and traditions of this place. All of these factors and so many more that I can't even think of offhand, you can learn about or you can get samples of. You know, so when you travel, don't stay in the hotel all day. Don't just stay at the pool all day. Don't stay at the beach all day. Of course, do all those things if you're on vacation, but also take some time to go with the, go you know mingle with the locals go where they go do what they do because that's going to really you know give you a well-rounded experience both of leisure time but also of learning and taking away new ideas about how people live and do things and then kind of going back to you know the his, history itself i found that you know you have to have an open mind and you have to be you know curious and want to intellectually stimulate yourself and history is a great tool for that because everyone has history. Everyone has things that they know about history, regardless of what their education level is or what what they've studied. So when you when you have that knowledge and you put it to use, it really opens doors. As with the three examples I gave, and there are many others that I could also explain or go into depth as well. But you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that it's not that difficult to meet and develop relationships with people outside their own culture or their own country. Now granted, there are a lot of people who do this. We live in a very, you know, we live in a globalized globalized world, you know, you know, interconnectivity is now to a greater extent than it ever has been in the history of humanity. So those are all things and those are all steps in the right direction to do that. Because at the end of the day, we're all human, we have the same goals, desires, and we all want what's best for us, our families, our children, etc. So let's say, out of this, from someone who travels, you know, well, not extensively, but you know, has traveled a lot and continues to travel more and more, I would say that whatever history you can learn, and my advice to you would be this before you actually travel or go somewhere, take a little time, learn a little bit about the history. And from that, that opens doors into learning about the culture, society, religion, practices, beliefs, and whatever else. And when you learn about this, you're not going to be an expert by any means, but it's going to give you a little more ammunition to use when you do travel. And then taking this into a professional context, as I'm not, as now I'm a working professional, it's very useful whenever you're doing business or you're working with people overseas, whether they're colleagues or business partners, different companies, whatever. You know, outside the business room or even in the business setting, it's very useful and also it can 
uh, impress or make them more relaxed to say, oh, this guy knows a bit about us. And I've, from my own experiences doing business, like for example, I've been to China on business in the past and learning Chinese history and then subsequently learning more, learning some Chinese language, you know, Mandarin, I found that really impresses them and also uh, makes them more comfortable saying, oh, this person knows about our, our country, our society, our history, and they even, he even knows some of our language. And I find that introducing yourself in the local language or having a little basic conversation to whatever extent you can really is a very positive and, um, I say positive, what else can we say? Positive, uh, interesting, and um, relaxing. Uh, I'd say thing you can do, it'll just make things more settled and it'll also, I think, give you more respect by them. And just the same where if someone learns more about you know, for example, U.S. culture, since I live in the U.S. or whatever, that's going to generate mutual respect and interest. And if you don't, if you don't do these things, you can still be successful. You can still get what you need done, either traveling for business or for pleasure. But I find it's more enriching, as I've mentioned, to incorporate these tools into your arsenal, what you can bring to the table, either when traveling for whatever or at the in business and I would say even more so in business you know you can accomplish more but from a personal sense when you travel for whatever reason you know for yourself it's even more important I think for personal fulfillment and you realize that the world is actually not that big of a place there are a lot of differences between people there are a lot of a lot of things that change and a lot of things that people don't see eye to eye on but at the end of the day you're going to find more similarities than differences in you know, in majority of the times you meet with people, because let's face it, as I mentioned before, we all have set, we all have similar goals and, and objectives for our lives and for the people we, we care about and what and in what we do. And I think a lot of people don't realize that it's the fear of the unknown, and the unknown can be not knowing about them, not knowing about their history, and not understanding what's their methodology about life and how why they do things the way they do. And that brings into another important thing that you can see from a historical lens. And then once you actually go overseas or meet people from different places, you can see it you, you know, put into fruition or come into fruition is that there's not one right way to do things. There are a number of different ways to do things. Like in the U.S., we have ways of doing things that are set in stone or just very widely accepted. But in other countries... You can see how people live in different ways or say, oh, that's actually different, but that still works, or, oh, I never thought about doing something in this way. So first, I'd say for myself, whenever I travel, I always try to learn as much as I can about how people do things, why they do the, why they do the things they do, and how they, and, and more, how, the hows and whys. And from that, I create more of an eclectic, I try to create more of an eclectic mindset that I use. I take the best of every place that I go to and incorporate that into my daily life and what I do to grow as a person, both you know personally and professionally. And I think it's amazing that if you meet people, you can have some of the most interesting and complex conversations over a number of topics. And for me, my biggest thing has been history because that's what I've studied and have a solid foundation in. But it just it's always so fun to think about things. And also you learn about how people are taught history in different places, what's their, what were bias, where's bias, 
what do they focus on, what do they exclude, what do they concentrate on, etc. And it's always interesting to hear what people from different places think of the history of your country, and then they're at the same time will be interested in what you think of theirs. So there's so much on that topic that you can divulge and go into depth, and it's just, and you can think of, wow, I never thought that they would think of it in this way, or and they may think, oh, I never thought that they would think of our our history or events in this way, and it really sheds more light onto why we do the things we do. So that's pretty much all I have today about this. I just wanted to kind of create a uh, new line of episodes on the podcast, kind of going into these issues and expressing my own personal experiences of how, uh, you know, in this case, history can be a great benefit in addition to your, you know, to your, you know, repertoire of, of things you use when you when you do things. And you don't even have to move or move or travel to different countries to do this. You can do this in different regions of the U.S. or whatever country you are, because you know history is universal. Everyone has it, as I mentioned, and you can use it anywhere. But I just find sometimes the biggest differences or biggest impacts is when you actually travel overseas and engage with people from different cultures, religions, you know, and societies, etc. So, therefore, I appreciate you tuning in for this episode on international immersion. I'd love to hear any thoughts, comments, suggestions you would have. You can shoot us an email at internationalimmersionpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll happily review and look over any ideas you have. Take them into consideration for future content. And also, I have to say, I hope everyone is staying safe and that the situation with COVID-19 will abate soon so we can get back out there, start traveling and learning more about this great world of ours and not be so hamstrung at home like so many of us are now. So therefore, this has been another episode of International Immersion, and we will see you on the next one. Take care and stay safe, everyone.